Welcome to the Pain With Me podcast. This is where we'll talk everything periods, pain, energy around the uterus, working while on your period, various uterine and health-related conditions, and so much more. Welcome back to the Pain With Me podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and this week we're going to be talking about period products. I think it's so important to discuss because there are a lot of options out there, some really, really great ones, and sometimes it's important to know the different options that you have. There's also a lot of stigma around using pads or period underwear, so let's dig into that. To start off, last week I did a quick poll on a few social media channels to see what folks prefer for their period products. The poll included the following options to choose from. Cups, tampons, pads, or period underwear. On one channel where I have more followers, so more folks voted, cups came in at 33%, tampons at 58%, 0% for pads, and 8% for period underwear. So for this one, a large chunk of those who voted favored tampons. For the other social channel, it was only between cups and tampons. Cups got 40% and tampons 60%. It's really interesting to me that folks seem to prefer tampons. As a cup wearer, I will never go back. I actually got my period unexpectedly a few months ago while I was at my mom's and she only had a tampon. After not wearing them for five years, it was the most uncomfortable thing. I also want to say that I'm not judging. Whatever you prefer is completely up to you. It's your body and your comfort level. Cups and discs can be extremely scary or intimidating. They definitely were for me. Depending on what you're used to, it's also a little bit more invasive, even if it's your own body. Personally, tampons with the extended applicator are what I always used before the cup, so I wasn't used to literally sticking my hands inside me and placing a period product. You might be used to the other tampons without the applicator, which would make the transition to a cup or a disc a lot smoother, but at the end of the day, it's still an adjustment. No matter what your preference is, it's important for you to listen to your body though. I should also mention that a lot of those my age who menstruate are probably not used to the cup or disc. We grew up when tampons were still being developed and worked on, and they were a kind of a step up from pads for those who could and wanted to use them. Kind of like the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That definitely applies when we're in a routine or are comfortable with something and don't need to change or look elsewhere. I get why some people don't want to try cups and are okay with tampons, which is perfectly fine, but it's also good to know the alternatives and the facts. It's also important to mention that some folks cannot use tampons, cups, or discs, essentially any insertable period product, like those with vaginismus, as I mentioned in a previous episode. I know we didn't really get into it, but essentially vaginismus is a pelvic floor condition where your muscles contract and is extremely painful. Most of those with vaginismus can't even insert a finger, let alone a tampon, and so the option for any insertable period product is taken away from them until they can heal if they want to. And even then, I know a lot of people that have had vaginismus and have healed or are healed enough that they can use a tampon, but they prefer to stick with the pad or with the period underwear. Folks with endometriosis have reported more pain with tampons or insertables and seem to prefer the pads and period underwear option as well. So it really depends. There are so many different conditions that might not allow you to use an insertable product or might not provide the comfort that it provides other people. Cups and discs can ultimately be safer for you when it comes to toxic shock syndrome, infection, or any other bacterial growth. 
You can leave a cup in longer than you can a tampon without a higher risk of TSS, as long as you follow the guidelines the brand provides for duration and product cleanliness. I did a lot of research on this topic, and I realized that there is not a lot of information actually out there because a lot of tests and experiments aren't actually done. Different studies concluded different things. For example, I saw one study that said one to three out of 100,000 people can get TSS from tampons, but I saw another one that said three to six out of 100,000 people can get TSS from tampons. So either way, we do know that the risk for TSS with tampons is greater because whether it's one to three or three to six out of 100,000 people, we know that the risk for TSS is greater with tampons than it is to cups, which is reduced to one out of 100,000 people at risk of toxic shock syndrome with cups. That's a really big tongue twister, toxic shock syndrome. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, any period product can have that risk. Again, this is just what I found online. I'm not a medical professional. If you want to talk to your doctor or gynecologist or anyone before you switch, feel free to do so. It's also important to know that there are completely different materials. Cups are made of silicone that is medical grade and tampons are made of cotton and different materials. Again though, we already know that not a lot of studies are conducted when it comes to vaginas and conditions that can come from menstruation or with menstruation. For those of you wanting to know what TSS is exactly, I found a great description on the Health Journal website that says the following. For toxic shock syndrome, or TSS, to occur, these particular types of bacteria must first overgrow and make large amounts of the TSS toxin, which then enters the bloodstream. I think that that's a great example of what it is. Essentially, it's a toxin that happens mixed with a type of bacteria and it enters your bloodstream and it can be extremely dangerous, even fatal. Tampons can increase the risk of TSS if they're left for too long inside the vagina, which leads the bacteria to grow. And tampons can actually stick to vaginal walls, especially if or when blood flow is light, which is insane to think about. They only tell you that you have to change them because of TSS, right? But if you think about it, you're putting this tampon inside you and it expands. Of course it can stick to the walls. If your flow isn't heavy enough, and for the folks that use tampons, we've all done it before that it hurts when you pull it out. So can you imagine if pieces of the tampon stay stuck there? The ones that are super absorbent are the most dangerous. This is what I've seen with my research. Again, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But when I was perusing the health journals and the published articles that are credible, they've all said the same thing. They suggest to avoid super absorbent tampons to use liners or pads at night when you go to sleep because we all know that you're not supposed to keep a tampon more than six hours and to also use pads or liners on the last day or when your blood flow is lighter. Thankfully, manufacturers have also changed the materials that make up tampons, which have reduced the risk exposure to TSS a lot since the 80s. There was a huge rise in TSS cases and so they figured that they had to do something. At the end of the day, A mix of different products may be necessary, might be the safest option. If you use tampons, you already know how important it is to change it no more than every six hours and sleeping with them can increase risk to TSS and more. I'm not going to lie to you, when I use tampons, I definitely slept with them. But I would make sure that it was the last thing I did before going to bed, 
and that I would change it immediately when I woke up. That being said, it was still not super safe. And we all think of it like, oh yeah, TSS, blah, blah, blah. But I heard so many stories growing up of, or read so many stories growing up of people that had TSS and died. And my mom always flipped out. My mom was more of the pad era. She was kind of getting used to tampons, like in the 90s. I, I remember her talking about them. And I understand. It's, it's like you're putting something inside your body. But just as long as whatever you choose, just be safe and clean with it. Here's a little fact that I actually didn't even know until I did the research. Did you know that tampons and pads actually have a shelf life? They have a five-year expiration date. They can get moldy if exposed to wet or, I hate this word, moist environments, which is so disgusting to think about. Imagine not knowing this and using a moldy product. That is so unsafe, unsanitary, and again, disgusting. Cups and discs don't have a shelf life and neither do period underwear, but once you have them, it's important to follow the guidelines on when they need to be replaced and of course, cleaned. Cups and discs are also cheaper in the long run and much less wasteful. Your cup or disc can last you on average between one to two years, whereas a box of tampons may last you a cycle or two, depending on flow, tampon size, and more. There are also reusable pads that you can purchase, which are so cool. They're better for the environment and usually better material for your little punani. I wish all of this stuff was available when I was growing up. I envy all of the options that the period havers have now because we literally had tampons and it was two huge brands fighting against each other with the most ridiculous commercials showing people playing tennis and we all know which one it is. <laughs> And then the diaper pads or the liners. Like the newest technology was the really thin liners that can stick without the wings on the side. And I mean, I'm so grateful that I didn't grow up in the 30s. Let's be clear. But it's awesome to see all of the period product alternatives that are being put on the market. Facts and preferences aside, I know how hard it is to get used to something new, especially if what you're doing is working for you, as I said before. I wasn't a huge fan of the idea of period underwear, honestly, until I realized I was comparing it to a pad. And the pads I compare everything to are those extremely thick diaper-like pads that were so uncomfortable for me. I think this is also why there's a stigma around pad users. For some reason, people think that they're dirty and the people who use pads sit in their period blood. But the point of a pad is to absorb just like a tampon. The only difference is that it isn't inside you. It's stuck to your underwear. Some pads can absorb even more than tampons can. So period underwear is awesome. I was actually chatting with some friends and they were telling me how period underwear creeps them out. And I get it. It did for me too. But just the concept of it is so cool. There are so many cool options out there, but they're still quite new. Growing up, the only period underwear I had was the ones that I deemed period underwear because it was okay if they got stained with period blood. You'll all know what I'm referring to, and we've all done it. <laughs> They're a great alternative to sleeping with a cup or another product, or even so cool for those who fear leaking or spotting, for the athletes. You know, I was reading this athlete who does marathons, and you, you may have seen her post, and she shared a photo of her having spotted through her shorts and her, her shorts and her underwear. Can you imagine if when she was training when she was younger, when she started her athletic career, 
if she had had the same options we have now, so many things would have been different. And Wimbledon also just said that they allow clothing to not be white, which is insane because what if you're on a really heavy flow day and you got to go beat someone, you got to go kick some ass at tennis, you're on a super heavy flow day. You don't want to be worrying that you're going to be spotting when you're just hitting that tennis ball. I don't know any tennis terms. So all of these options are really, really great. And even if you don't want to try them, that's perfectly fine. At least they're there for other people who do and who need them. And it's so important to point out again that so many people cannot physically use tampons or can't slash choose not to for religious reasons or even fear of insertion. All of these are valid reasons and also a major factor as to why we have different period product options on the market. Okay, so we're going to have a rant segment today that is a little bit more gentle. (laughs) And I really just want to say, stop judging pad users. I see so much judgment online. You're not in their shoes. They're not dirty or unhygienic. Pads are a proper choice for a product when on your period. I see so much stigma, judgment around pads all the time and it has to stop. We're all judged so fiercely when it comes to our period, even just for having them or for sharing our experiences and our pain. Let's not judge people on what they prefer to use for their period. People don't have the same options. Some people don't want to change what works for them, and some may have different conditions. It also might depend geographically where you are. You might not have the same options people everyone else does. Does it mean they're dirty and unhygienic? No, it doesn't. And even if they have the same options and they choose to go with a pad, so what? The last thing anyone needs is feeling judged for their period product preference. We need to stick together, and I know that so many feel this way because no matter what everyone's preference is, there is not one person I came across that wasn't willing to help someone in need of a period product. Friend or stranger you met in the public bathroom at a restaurant. We've all been there. Either we've been the person that has helped and given a product that we had, or been the person in need, or just witnessed it. No matter what, period products are really expensive, But I know so many people out there carry tampons and pads, even if that's not what they choose. Just in case someone needs help. Just in case someone needs one. And I love that. So let's stop judging pad users. It's not gross. It's a really great period product choice. And if you don't want that, that's fine. It's just like someone going to get a a coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't judge coffee drinkers. I don't like the taste. You like the taste? Then you get that. I'm going to get a tea. Why does it have to be different for period products? Okay, no matter what, let's support each other and work towards free period products for everyone. Let's break the stigma around period product choices and just focus on what's important here. Period positivity and change. Okay, gentle rant over. (laughs) So that's some facts about cups, tampons, and other period products. I have only tried the cup and I do want to try the disc, so I'll keep you all updated on that. I currently use the Diva Cup and I just want to say that I tagged them in a post that I made on this page and they commented and it made my entire freaking year and I am so happy about it. (laughs) I love the Diva Cup. As a business, as a brand, they're amazing. They're fantastic. I always do my research and I love supporting good brands, the ones who 
don't test on animals and that are actually healthy for you and not full of crap and toxins and just that have good people. And I, I don't know. I feel like I always had a good vibe from the Diva Cup and that's why I stuck with it. They also have a disc. So the Diva Cup is one of my favorite period product brands and I will always, always endorse it. If you've tried multiple options from different brands, let me know what your thoughts and preferences are. I love hearing feedback from people and it's also important to know that what's going to work for me is not going to work for you. For example, my cousin has had three kids and the Diva Cup doesn't work for her, but she prefers a disc, which is awesome. You know, you have to try it out. It's just like tampon sizes or different tampon brands. They have different applicators, you know, so it's important to try different things out if that's an option for you. Again, I just want to reiterate, some folks can't use insertables and that's okay and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Please keep that in mind when you're talking to someone. Don't judge what their choices are because they might not share with you that they have a certain condition or a fear of insertion or religious belief or they might just not even want to and that's none of your business. So just keep that in mind. As usual, my DMs are open. The form for period stories is in my bio, and please send me any topics you want me to cover or just share with me. I love hearing stories. I'm a storyteller, writer. I love them. Thank you for allowing me to take some time of your day today, and remember, let's support each other on our period journeys. You never know what someone's going through. See you all next week.